Hail and well met. Welcome to another episode of Self Evident. I'm Bryn, and here with me are Alyssa, Jenna, Eliana, and Kenna Rose. So, a couple months ago, we put up a questionnaire thing on Instagram for y'all to give us some questions, and we were going to answer them, but we got really busy and all that fun stuff. So, priorities. Finally, doing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, now we're finally going to do it. Start us off. I have a question for all of us. Where do you want to be in 10 years? Oh, lovely. Okay. We said choose a lighthearted question to start with. (laughs) I don't know. Um, 10 years. Let's say um, married with a family, counseling. Just living the American dream. Counseling her heart out. (laughs) I want to be uh, doing something with music, um, maybe have some sort of ministry with that. And if I can do something with airplanes on the side, we'll see. Yes. I love that. That would be cool. She's going to be jet sitting around the world. That'd be cool though. <laughs> see, 10 years for me, I would want to be married. I'd want to be doing something with speaking and probably something maybe maybe in the film industry. I find that super interesting. I don't know for sure though. Fascinating. Yeah. Okay, Bryn, what about you? Yeah. Goodness, I have no clue. I mean, I'd like to be married. I kind of want to have kids at some point in my life, but maybe not at 26, maybe more like 27 or 28. I don't fully know. So a year. I'm still just 16, guys. (laughs) Sure, you know, yeah, we can go with that. All good things, all good things. (laughs) Yes. I was just going to say, apparently none of us have thought of this a ton, except Alyssa. So since y'all were... (laughs) <laughs> Alyssa has this detailed plan for her life she's just like this is what I want to do guys and she's on, on, on track that is on exactly track. yeah I love it since y'all were being so mean to me about choosing a hard question um, oh I'm sorry one. <laughs> how many siblings do you guys have let's start with Jenna I know the list is going to be lengthy well I have seven siblings I have six brothers and one sister if we don't count the dog and the extended siblings. <laughs> you can't count dogs, Jenna. Oh, okay. Well then just yeah. seven biologically. Yeah. I have two. I have two brothers. Then speaking That's fine. of Brynn, we love that. Bryn and I, because we're all siblings, we have three because we also have a little brother. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna um, get on the podcast someday. That's right. Eventually. Yes. That would be so fun. This question, I feel like I'm going to do mainly for Alyssa, but y'all can join in and say what you think and stuff like that. So the normalization of homosexuality and how it compares to unmarried co-living. I would say that it's linked in some way because of um, an unbiblical worldview of what a relationship is. So for example, if marriage doesn't matter and you can not be married and be living together, acting as if you're married, then why does it matter if marriage isn't between a man and a woman? If it doesn't matter to be married in the first place, why does marriage matter at all? And you kind of see that breakdown when there's this idea that man gets to define what marriage is. And that's not something man can define Mm -hmm. because it's God instituted. And we see that in Genesis. 100% agree. Do any of the other hosts have anything to say about this? I think Alyssa said it. That was a great answer. Yeah. 
Yeah, and since it's going to be like <laughs> short and concise, there's the sound bite right there, you guys. Go use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is a fun question, and I'm kind of excited to answer this. But like, unless you can answer it or whatever. What should guys know about girls? I can start. Okay. So one, know that we are kind of a bit sensitive sometimes. Mm. So sometimes, Bryn, just sometimes. <laughs> I would say okay, a lot of the times. <laughs> yes. I, continue. Have you met guys? <laughs> They're sometimes quite sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that guys should know that girls really appreciate and notice chivalry. Like no yeah. matter how tough we act or how cool we might act, like you actually noticing that we're different from you and being kind to us in a way a man is kind to a woman. We take notice of that and we're very mm-hmm. impressed by it. Yes. Yeah. 100%. I agree with that one. Yeah. Th- just the acknowledgement of the difference between us. That's kind of the one thing that I would acknowledge and then act on that knowledge yeah it's very interesting since we're doing this episode via zoom all of us are kind of just like is anybody else gonna speak am I supposed to answer yeah. this? it's a bit bizarre it's kind of like chemistry is not as present but we're struggling through yes 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 this is so why hard zoom question. recordings are a last resort <laughs> yeah yeah anyone have anything else to say well I'm sure we all have a lot more to say about this but we're like (laughs) how much time do we have that is accurate so what about when we release this episode we release also a story highlight of other things that we've missed or what guys should know about girls or we could just do another tire episode on that (laughs) yeah actually that would be a Let's do an episode idea. We're doing that. We're totally doing that. Alrighty, then settle. What's your next question? So I want to know who are each of your role models and why? It could be like a celebrity or not a celebrity, but like, you know, a celebrity or someone you know, a sibling and family member, same thing as a sibling, a pastor, whatever. Well, I remember the first time we had this question was when we were doing a homeschooling podcast, which Eliana Kenna and I were doing with the IFI Spotlight podcast. And they gave me the option of going first. And of course I did. And I said, you know, some theological and political leader. And then I think it was Eliana. Eliana said, and she just blew my answer out of the water. She's just like, my dad's my role model. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do with that now? That just makes me look. It was, it, I, <laughs> who was the theological like leader you looked up to or something like that? And like, yeah. like you and I, we answered like some, just Lost some regular you. way. And Ellie goes, yeah. my dad is. Well, and then proceeds to give us amazing. No, my answer was, I don't know. Yes, that's correct. My answer was, I have no idea. I didn't know what I was doing. Jenna's answer was great then. Yours was two. <laughs> no, it was it possible. It was possible. Yeah. So do any of y'all want to start? Sure. I would say... I mean, coming off of this is going to sound cheap, but I will say my parents are huge role models because my mom is so encouraging and so uplifting and so content with where she is in life. It's like we do prayer requests as a family and 
hers almost a hundred percent are always for somebody else. Mm. And um she repeatedly sends scripture or like quotes from Elizabeth Elliot or Corey Tenboom and does her best to be encouraging and uplifting and um have a very positive mindset. Yeah. And then dad is just a great leader in the way he interacts with people and the way he leads our family. And so I would definitely say I count my parents as pretty big role models. I would say that would go for all of us. And absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah, I would say kind of with that, um, I know this is probably the most cliche answer, but it's, it's true. This is very true um, that people come and go and that when you put too much of an emphasis on a single person there can be or even a group of people there can be quite a bit of a downfall from that where you still have to watch um about who you're modeling after and so ultimately uh for me and i know for the rest of us too my role model would be jesus because that's who we're trying to follow or who we are following definitely 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 yeah yeah okay I know (laughs) so I know most of us love music and most of us play music and stuff like that so I don't know who asked this but the top song recommendations instrumental and lyrical Canada's like getting her phone out like I've got this who's ready first start because I know make Ellie go first I have a lot of song recommendations I could give there's some really really great music out there but um start I would say that well, I'll just start with my two favorite musicians or lyrical musicians, and that would be John Foreman and Mike Donahue. Uh, Mike Donahue of 10th Avenue North, John Foreman of Switchfoot. And I found their music to be, um, for the most part, very biblically sound. It's good music. Like, you want to listen to it. And uh, just in general, extremely helpful. And so I've really enjoyed listening to them. And then for instrumental, um, I think for instrumental, it really depends more on the song of what I prefer. But I know uh, the Arcadian Wild has written some great instrumental pieces, as well as some great lyrical music what and that of, sort of. What thing. kind of genre is that? I'd say the Arcadian Wild. They're kind of like a bluegrass folk. That's pretty cool. I'll have to look them yeah, up. They're pretty cool. So yeah, Ooh. and then I mean, there are different classical pieces I find pretty cool. And that sort of thing, like um, six echosaces. Very, very interesting. Yeah. What about you, Bren? Do you have any? Okay, yes. I feel like, or okay, I think like my top two favorite songwriters slash musicians or whatever is one, I think my top top is Matthew West. Ooh. Because I know it's hard to like tell from people, but he just seems like a really nice guy and his music is really good. I love his songs. And then of course, McDonnie is amazing and I love his music and his writing style as well Hmm. as for songs goes I know there's like okay from Josh Wilson um I so hate consequences from Reliant K and then just most of Matthew West and 10th Avenue North Mike Donkey songs are just amazing I love them that's awesome Ken or Alyssa do you guys have your I have so many 
song recommendations. Jenna and I, for the month of June, we went back and forth with songs that we each need to listen to. And so it just like rekindled my love for Taylor Swift. And I know that's like a secular answer. And I will get to a scriptural and like Christian <laughs> promise. Just like, to just put your back your reputation. <laughs> some of Taylor Swift's songs just are so good. Like Daylight. That's Mm. one of my favorites. And Welcome to New York. I love that one too. But as far as um, Christian artists go, I really love Keith and Kristen Getty. They're one of my favorites. And their song, Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery and Christ Our Hope in Life and Death. That's a great one. So yeah, I I try to find a good balance between Christian and secular. So yes. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. A good way to do it. I forgot to mention for King and Country. stuff is so good (laughs) all right what about you kenna it's like for me with music i find like a set of songs i enjoy and then don't find any new music for months until one of my sisters goes kenna (laughs) listen to this new music i found i'm like oh that's decent like there's other music out there that i enjoy um but i really like this is home from switchfoot partly because of the um connection it has to narnia um but do tell but I was well they wrote it they wrote it for the Prince Caspian movie but it's just besides that too lyrically it's really well written and musically it's really cool so I I just really like that one because it it gives you whenever you listen to it it gives you that sort of nostalgic melancholy-ish feeling you get from reading books like that I love that yeah no listen to it and then tell me what you think I also like is he worthy from Andrew Peterson Yes, oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. I've, and Psalm 90, Shane and Shane. Psalm 90. I forgot about Shane and Shane. They are oh, so good. That's beautiful. For instrumental, I like the piano guys. I really like mm-hmm. their Lord of the Rings medley. And then I like Bring Him Home, their instrumental version from Les Mis. I've never actually heard the non-instrumental version. <laughs> I think I looked up like a clip before, but it was opera. So I just went back to the instrumental version. <laughs> That can be fun sometimes. Yeah. Opera is beautiful. I love yeah. opera. We love. What about you, Jenna? Is there going to be opera in your favorite songs? Uh, maybe. Uh, did, well, opera does count as lyrical, even though I don't understand most of it. Uh, but one of my favorite operas to date was it's called "The Magic Flute" by um, by Mozart, and oh, I grew up. I grew up listening to it. It is one of the most beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. series. It's it's gorgeous, especially um, the bird songs, which are called like, I don't remember what the exact name of it is, but it's the song of Papageno. And it just makes you so happy. It's It just makes me very happy. So thank you for bringing up opera because I would have not thought of that if you didn't. One of my favorite lyrical Christian artists right now um her name is Ri-Ann spelled R-I-A-N she has this sort of lo-fi um vibe about her it's just beautiful to listen to her music and her lyrics are solid she does covers of classic hymns like uh, how great thou art and great is thy faithfulness but I've just been really really enjoying her music um another song that I really really like right now is called Ghost of a King by uh, Grey Havens. And I love it because it is fully 100% Christ-centered, 
but they never ever veer off the path of parallel. So they're telling the gospel story, but they never ever like actually mention it. It's so cool. I love the way they write. Um, that is so cool. Yes. What's but, okay, I'm going to look that up. Yes. Ghost of the King, Greyhavens? Yes. And Greyhavens, okay, that's I'm gonna the look name that of the up. band, Kenna. That is Grey such Havens. a cool name. I, yes. I mean, a band named that can't be bad. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so great. I love them so much. And then obviously my one of my favorite lyricists of all time is in fact Taylor Swift because she is the modern day Shakespeare. Uh, if you guys want to contact uh, me, I will spend hours giving you paragraph upon paragraph of how amazing her lyrics are. And if you want me Jenna, to send you guys playlists, I will send you playlists. I'm just would it happy. hurt you? Would it hurt you if you found out we actually haven't listened to Taylor Swift? Like, I listened we to don't one really of her know. songs, and that was because it was at YouTube. I don't. <laughs> wow. Why were they playing Taylor Swift? I played Shake It Off. It was yeah. Oh right, they were doing like a. Oh yeah, like, analyze this song biblically. It was the. No, actually, they, they like do worldview. It was a worldview. Yeah. So I think it was the but song that was like, I have your you'll name have... written, or, and, and some list, and yours is in red underline. I have oh, a yeah. list, and I check it twice. That one. Basically, like, yes, it's your when fault. she was being Santa Claus. Yes. When she was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna, you'll have to send us Taylor Swift yes. recommendations. I absolutely yeah. will, because she yeah. actually does write poetry and she puts it to music. And I, mm-hmm. oh, that's I cool. truly, truly admire it so very much. So I will pull up a playlist for you guys. All right. So we have, we're going to do one more question to close us out. So there are actually two questions that I'm going to kind of combine because they seem like they kind of go together. The first one is you all mentioned the importance of scripture daily. How much time would you say is appropriate? And then the second question is, how might you respond to someone who says scripture is important and we need to be in it on a regular basis, but that could be every other day, bi or weekly and stuff like that. So I know Jenna probably has a lot to say about this. So Jenna, would you like to start? So regarding uh, how much time is appropriate to spend in the word, um, developing a habit of being in the word daily is vital. Uh, God must be our greatest treasure and our first priority. Christ said to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to, which is Matthew 6, 33. And so um, since God has revealed himself to us in his word, the word therefore must be our greatest treasure and our first priority. We need to spend time in it, talking about it, meditating on it, hearing it preached, singing it, etc. Um, frankly, if you have time for social media or enter- any entertainment in general, you have time to read and listen to scripture and or listen to scripture. I completely relate to people who claim that they have no time to be in the word, um, but we all do have time because not even cutting out entertainment, we can have time to listen to it on the route to school or work. We have time to read it while eating lunch. We have time to do it when we're doom scrolling Instagram because at the end of the day, it all comes down to priorities. Uh, so if you're a Christian, your faith should be the most important thing in your life. Um, I don't know if anybody had anything to add about that. Well, I think you nailed that right on the head. And um, 
kind of with that psalm one says blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers but his delight is in the law of the lord and on his law he meditates day and night and so i think that um as for frequency it you know psalm one kind of alludes to the fact that we should be we should be uh either reading scripture or meditating on it both in the morning and in the evening and so you Mm -hmm. have kind of that not just once a day but actually twice a day and i think that as people on this earth reading scripture is one of the most important tasks we have and that goes beyond our entertainment beyond our uh, work even beyond our rest and so um when you put it in that mind frame it kind of uh, magnifies the importance of it but then you also reading psalm 1 you see how it could be important to read both in the morning and the evening, or at least I think like meditate on it. Um, read it in the morning. Think about what you read in the evening. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you want it to be a very present part of your life. And that helps because it's like bookends on either side of your day too. Um, I think that's what the author of Deuteronomy had in mind when uh, he was instructing parents how to teach their kids. You know, you shall talk of them while you walk by the way you shall um, speak of them while you sit, while you write, when you rise up, when you go uh, go to bed. Not only reading the Bible, but talking about it is vitally important, which is Definitely. why we need Christian. Why we need Christian community. We need to remember that. I was actually talking to Ellie about this last night, and she had said that. Remember that your faith, in like, that it's a relationship. And the more you think about other relationships you have, the more that, that you spend around that, like time, the more time you spend around that person, the more things you do with that person, the closer you guys get. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think a lot of um, the questions about how much to read, how often to read comes from not really knowing what to do. And things that have really helped me are doing a program for instance Ligonier Ministries gives a Bible in a year program or yep. a Bible in two years program so that way you don't really need to come up with your own Bible study you can rely on um yeah a schedule sound men who have gone before us who have planned out programs for Bible yep. reading and you can just go off of them so that Definitely. way it's structured and yet you don't need to do the legwork on that yeah, yeah. that's a that's a good point it helps to have and it helps to turn it into a habit as well and make yes, a point of getting into it every day and then talking about someone who says what about a, a regular basis being weekly or bi-weekly every other day and then we think about what the bible says in romans do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And we see in another place in Acts, I don't remember the exact scripture, talking about the disciples searching the scriptures daily to see if the things they're being taught are true. Or the other version, Romans, test everything, hold fast to what is good. And if you're truly a believer in Christ and you truly believe the Bible is the inerrant word of God and what's in there is true and is going to help lead you in your life and guide you and teach you and grow you, then being in the word every day, just like those disciples did in Acts, helps you to know what is true. That's true. Especially in the confused world we live in. Especially in the confused world we live in. 
And that so, kind of also ties, yeah, that also ties into what Bren was saying before, where it, if it is a relationship, the closer you get, the more time you spend, the more you will know about life in general, because you're going to be learning from the word. And uh, right. the, the metaphor that I've been using is it's like a meal. So if you skip a meal, you're you're going to feel the consequences of that. And so um, right. having a semi-weekly or bi-weekly basis of just reading the word, that's not necessarily healthy for you as a Christian and your spiritual diet. Not to yeah. mention we're in a spiritual battle right now too. And so that's 100%. part of being prepared for the battle for the day. I mean, you think of it, it used to be called the morning watch or before quiet time became the word, it was called like morning watch or something like that. And that's because it really was that time where you were preparing your mind for the battle of the day. Yeah. I love that. All right. Did we answer all the questions? What about the second part of that question? What would you was, say to someone who'd claim that abstaining from the word and praying, figuring out the root cause before reading? I don't understand that. Their, their um, argument for this was when you don't feel like reading it, you should pray to figure out the problem and like not read the Bible so you can figure no. out why you don't want no. to read the bible no. bible reading is that's when you need to read the bible like you want to do it every yep. morning that's why it's called a discipline of the spiritual life mm-hmm. yeah no it's that's kind of ridiculous like shock. sorry you're like no you're good it's kind of like culture shock where when you go into this new culture and you're like all i want to do is go home and see like the things i'm used to the only way to get over that and the quickest way to get over that is by just engaging yourself in the culture even more yeah it's like that yep. with the bible the only the word way of, to get over not wanting to read it is by reading it more and making it more important. Right. And oftentimes when you don't want to read it, that's when you really need to be reading it and feeling yourself. Absolutely. We kept interrupting Jenna. Did you have something to say though? No, all I'm going to say to that, because you guys answered that with the in the quickest way possible, which is simply no, go read your Bible. <laughs> yeah. And then when you're done with it, for a podcast about why you should read your Bible. Amen. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And share it, you know, to your friends and your families. Share the podcast. Share the Bible. (laughs) Share it all. Until we meet again, let us firmly rely on the protection of divine providence. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. It's by Mark Twain. Thank you, guys. This has been self-evident.